All right, on March 17th, I, I actually stood up here before you with my family. I had my, my wife and three kids with me, and I announced to you that morning that it felt or it seemed very likely that uh, my time in youth ministry was coming to an end. Uh, I announced that morning that I, I felt as though um, there was change ahead in my life, and it was very likely that I was going to be planting a church here in Calgary in the, within the next year. Um, part of that was as well the fact that uh, that was all dependent upon a church planting assessment, upon some affirmation happening through a church planting assessment in May. And so it's been about three months. It took a little bit of time. Um, part of that was very intentional to, to have that time for for prayer, uh, for reflection, for really taking time to consider this new call for my life and just this new endeavor uh, to plant a new church here in Calgary. Uh, so May 28th to 30th, just a couple weeks ago, Chelsea and I went through this church planters assessment. When I say church planters assessment, you might just you might hear nothing because you don't understand what I'm talking about. Um, but it's, it's very simply what it sounds like. Uh, it's an assessment of Chelsea and I uh, to become lead church planters. And so Chelsea and I, for three 12-hour days, uh, it was about 36 full hours uh, within those three days. We sat it literally in the center of 30 different uh, experienced church planters uh, who have now become experienced church plant uh, leader assessors. And so we sat in, in the middle of all these 30 leaders for uh, these three days and literally just got drilled. Uh, question after question, we had to stand before them and answer questions, and we were interviewed. They had a psychologist that was involved, uh, but they really assessed kind of our personality, our temperament, our leadership skills, um, and prayerfully considered whether or not we were, we were not only uh, capable, but if we were ready and prepared to plant a church. And so I wanted to share with you the results of that. They, they were actually quite positive, and they've recommended Chelsea and I to become church planters and to plant a church here in Calgary. And so we've been given a green light now to move forward and plant a church. Um, I wasn't expecting applause. Thank you. <laughs> it is exciting, though. I'm very excited for it. Uh, at the same time, I want to just formally and officially, as I'm, I'm up here this morning before you and I have the opportunity, uh, to just once again, I've said to many of you individually, I don't know if I've announced this publicly, but uh, how incredible my time at this church has been, how incredible this church family really is. When I say that, I truly and genuinely mean that uh, at the depth of my heart. Uh, this is a church for the last few years has been really preaching discipleship. We want to make uh, we want to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time. We want to do that by making it like, like really emphasizing discipleship through relationships. Um, and I just want to tell you this morning, that has happened in my life. That has happened as a member of this church uh, in my life. And so I'll, I guess I want to bless you and encourage this church family um, for how effective it's been doing uh, at, at that um, and I just want to thank you. So many of you guys are, are, have become like family to me. In, in Mark uh, chapter 3, I believe it is, Jesus, uh, his family is trying to get in to, to see him. He's, he's speaking to all these people and he's surrounded. They can't get in. And so word comes through all the people to Jesus and says, you know, your mother and your brothers are out there. They want to see you. And Jesus says, well, actually, anyone who does God's will is my mother, my, or my brothers, my sisters, and my mother. And I truly have experienced that and at this church family, so... Thank you guys for, for that experience. 
I also this morning want to take the opportunity that I have just to kind of share with you um, the journey I've been on, not just the journey ahead in what's going to be happening here. I want, want to begin to reveal to you and let you know what's going to be happening with this church plant. But I want to let you know the journey that, that I've been through over the past, it's been about two full years now that I've been on this journey. And it began in the fall, summer fall of 2011 with what I call a stirring in my heart, uh, which you might have heard before and people, you might have experienced this before. The best way I can describe the stirring that I experienced in my heart was, was a disconnect. I felt like my life, what I was doing with my life in, in relation to serving God specifically, um, just that it wasn't specifically where God wanted me to be. Uh, I felt this disconnect between where I was and where God wanted me to be, and I just felt unsettled in a lot of ways. And so for a year, I really sorted and sifted through, what does this all mean? Uh, and, and really, I fought it hard for a year because, for one, I love youth ministry. I love the youth of this church. Um, I won't say they're like children to me, but <laughs> I don't want to think about having that many children that are all teenagers. But, um, <laughs> but again, they're like, they were like family to me, and I just couldn't even bear the thought of it, honestly, to disconnect and or to, to separate myself from my ministry here at this church. I loved it, and it was going so well. You know, it, Usually it's easy to feel discontent or disconnected if, if things aren't going well, but things were going really great. And I felt like, man, it doesn't make sense. And so I fought this for a year, and I really didn't understand it. Uh, in June of 2012, I got to the, a place that I call a starting point. And the best way I can describe this uh, in June of last year was for about a year as I wrestled with this, like I just actually confessed, you know, I had been praying, I had been seeking, I had this sort of disconnect in my heart. Um, but I, in June, I, I realized um, that my voice toward God, as I'm saying to God, where do you want me to go then? If this isn't where you want me to be, where do you want me to go? Underneath was this little tagline, this, this subconscious voice that I wasn't literally voicing to him, but I, I realized it uh, at this point in time, underneath was this, this little tagline in, in each of my prayers. It was like, as long as I don't have to do this. As, just don't ask me to do this, though. Don't ask me to give up the ministry I'm a part of and that I'm loving. Just don't ask me to give up, you know, my security. I don't want to have to give up a retirement savings plan. I don't want to have to give up a beautiful house. I don't, definitely don't want to have to sell my boat. I don't want to have to not have, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my opportunity to hunt every year. You know, I'll do anything you want as long as it, I can keep my comfort, was my prayer for close to a year. And as I realized this, I felt this uh, overwhelming kind of condemnation. Of my, I've, I've condemned myself, even this voice that was within my prayer. And so for six weeks, I battled myself. I fought within myself to fully surrender to his will, um, mostly through prayer, through scripture, and through a, a deep journey with my wife uh, for those six weeks. That ended... Um, with really a, a vacation that was, is, its intention was literally to, to get away and to just pray with my wife for about 10 days uh, over what God wanted us to do. And as we approached him uh, willingly to go wherever it was he wanted us to go, um, a doorway presented itself. Uh, this doorway was a heavily supported restoration movement church plant in Calgary. Um, and you might think, well, why was this a doorway? There's a, a long story that I won't share with you this morning, but, but this has been something that's been uh, kind of underneath within my life, within my heart for a lot of years. 
uh, and that in the, my beginning days of ministry even that I felt really you know, passionate about and excited about and had dreams about, um, but never realistically um, saw myself going that direction. But um, anyway, so this doorway presented itself last summer in August of 2012 uh, to plant a church here in Calgary. It was literally an opportunity um, that just fell into our lap. And, and as we considered every single option we possibly could have, I've, I've mentioned Estonia. If you know me at all, if you've been in this church, if you kind of know of my experience uh, in the past eight years in mission work in Estonia, my heart and Chelsea's heart literally just hurt for the, the church there, for the Christians there. And we, we really love that church um, in Estonia. So that was also a doorway. But this, the larger doorway that, that stood before us was this church plant opportunity. So in the fall, we began to peer through this doorway and just to kind of cautiously look to see what was this that God might have before us? Uh, we went through an interview process uh, with, with this net. There's a network, a church planning network, that was providing this opportunity. I'll explain them in just a little bit. But we interviewed with them, uh, began to study and kind of just really pour over church planting. What was church planting all about? What is God doing right now in the world, in North America? What's, what's the large vision and, and what's really happening? What's the big picture uh, of, of this and what it's all about and what is my role, or do I even have a role within all of this? And so I began to kind of just peer through that doorway. In December, the very beginning, we went through a, what's called a pre-assessment, which is kind of a mini version of what I just explained to you, a full assessment. It was a one-day... Basically, if you think of a job interview, it was about an eight- to ten-hour job interview where we sat... Uh, Chelsea and I sat with two, two men, uh, just kind of not one-on-one, -on -one, but two-and-two, -two, I guess... <laughs> And they just drilled us. It was just question after question after question. Literally, that's all we did was just question after question for about eight hours. The results of that came back positive, and we decided that there was enough there for sure to, to continue going down the road and to actually cautiously walk through this doorway. And so I began to search. After that, I, I, I felt the slight affirmation of God, okay, I think we're going actually in this direction. Let's start walking down the road and see what, what comes up. So we began to explore, began to study even more, began to journal and continued uh, deeply praying about this. And, and I feel like God really by February and just prior to when I announced to you in March uh, that I was fairly certain this was going to happen, that was, that was where I, I really felt like this is going to happen because there's, there's a clear path here. Uh, God kind of open, was opening my eyes and our eyes, uh, everyone involved in regards to, to not, you know, I said in the fall, I was really looking, what's happening and how do I fit into this? You know, by, by the middle of January, I very clearly saw how I fit into this and how who I was uh, very much fit this. And so, um, and then obviously I just explained to you, you know, since March, since we really felt that we... Have spent, I've actually gone to some conferences and uh, spent a lot of time with a lot of different church planters um, and trying to pour over uh, exactly. You know, actually, I've heard it just in the last month. I can't even remember where it was. It might have been at our assessment, but someone was talking to us and they, they said, if you feel like God's calling you to church planting, make sure you hang up on them at least once, um, which might sound strange to you. And it, it is kind of strange, honestly. But, but church planting, I believe, and, and many believe, I think anyone who's planted church before, would, would probably uh, acknowledge this, that it's, it's something that should be taken very seriously. And, um, and in, in regards to you, your feeling that God's calling you to it, be very sure 
that you're doing this because God's calling you and he has a plan, not because you have a plan. Um, and so we were very cautious of that. We took a lot of time uh, to really pour over that, and we felt like God affirmed us as, as doing this. I'm, I'm planting this church. I want to just share this right now. I'm planting this church because I feel God has a plan and God's called me to it. This isn't anything that, that I've... I, I don't feel like this is anything that, um, that I've created. Uh, every, everything has been kind of, I feel, put together um, very carefully by God, and I'm very, that's the reason I'm excited about this. Um, my role at the Calgary Church of Christ, now that we kind of have a green light, we're moving forward with this, I want to just share with all of you that my role at the Calgary Church of Christ is youth and young adult minister, in case you're sitting there because you're a visitor and you don't even know who I am. <laughs> um, it's going to end on August 31st, so I'm actually going to be here for the next two and a half months. I'm going to continue uh, being involved with the youth of our church, the young adults, and in our worship ministry until August 31st. Uh, you've already kind of heard, if you've read your bulletin this morning, you'll see that we have a search committee, and they've been working for a couple months now at uh, taking resumes and just pouring over, kind of finding a replacement uh, for my position here in the church. And actually, I, I feel like that's gone very well. Um, and they, I, they have some candidates right now that are very promising. I feel very comfortable, very excited, actually, about uh, the potential here to have somebody come in and, and take my place. I... I Anyway, yeah, I won't go into that, but it's a difficult thing for me. Um, but I, I truly do feel with these candidates that they have uh, very comfortable um, leaving kind of my little babies <laughs> with them. That sounded really weird. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, anyway, and, and actually the plan is to have that new person. They're, they're hoping to make a decision by the end of June, and the plan is to have that person begin their, their new role. Uh, in August, and actually to intentionally have a couple weeks of overlap so we can have a real smooth transition between me being here and passing things off very effectively in a healthy way to them. And so I'm excited about that, actually. In regards to the church plant, uh, right now, I'll just give you kind of a quick snapshot of the timeline going up here and what's going to happen. So right now, from June until the end of uh, August, till the end of the summer, mostly what we're going to be working on here is just assembling a launch team. Uh, to to start this church. We're, we're looking to assemble a launch team of about 25 to 30 adults, 15 to 20 kids, so I, roughly 40 to 50 people. Um, I want to communicate very clearly to you, clearly to you uh, specifically because of past experience in our church, that our, our the plan and the goal for this uh, launch team is very intentionally uh, focused toward pulling people from a lot of different places. So I have, I have a list uh, right now that of people that I'm going to target and to talk to. And uh, within that list, there are couples from Winnipeg, from Saskatoon. There's actually a couple from Australia. Uh, there are couples from Bow Valley Christian Church here in town um, that are interested in being a part of this launch team. But we're going to be very prayerful and very careful uh, about uh, forming this launch team and have people who are really led toward this by God. Oh, God is leading us toward, and so, and along with that, there's going to be a few families from our church as well that are going to be part of this launch team. Um, Colin and Kara Hattrick, uh, who most of you know, they're they're actually already kind of committed to being on this launch team. They're actually moving on Saturday up to Panorama Hills where we're planting this church. But so we're going to be assembling this launch team, and in the fall, we're going to go through a preparation and training period, a 10-week period, where as a group of 40 to 50 individuals, this fall after my my role. T- 
officially uh, transitions into doing that, um, or we just we, we learn how to be a church together, um, and we spend we learn how to live life with one another, and we prepare for our uh, launch together, and then the the launch date, the, the tentative launch date, what we're hoping uh, will happen is we're going to launch a new church in January of 2014, about seven months from now. So that's kind of the brief timeline, I guess, what's going to be happening here and when it's all going to happen. I want to explain for you, uh, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, just some of the basic details. This church plan is actually the initiative of, of what's called the Greater Calgary Church Planting Network. Uh, this church planning network is made up of leaders from uh, different churches and organizations uh, that have a heart to plant new churches in Calgary, new restoration movement churches. Uh, and so if you guys know John Nicholson, he's the pastor of Ross Carrick Church of Christ here in Calgary. Uh, Rick Scruggs, who's a pastor of Bow Valley Christian Church. You guys might have heard of Kelly Carter, who's from the Calgary Church of Christ. Uh, he's been involved in this as well. And R- Riverview Christian Church is a small Christian church that's in the southeast just 20 minutes south of us. Uh, Lifeline Christian Mission is ministry in uh, Ohio in the United States. And they actually do a lot of uh, third world missions. Um, and they also have a, a portion of their ministry that's church planning. Um, and so they're involved in that. They're committed to this. And an Intermountain Church Planters Association is, is uh, a partner in this as well. And they're, they're actually a, a, a ministry, a church planning ministry from Idaho. And they've actually been planning churches for since 1972, so about 40s that 41 years or something. For a long, long time, they've been involved in church planting. They actually were involved in a church plant in Idaho that you probably all heard of called uh, Real Life Ministries, <laughs> uh, which was a church that started with 10 people and and has now grown to is it it's close to 15,000 uh, people starting with 10. About 12, 13 years ago, they began that church, but. Very excited to have their partnership. This this network, not only was it their initiative, they had this this desire, This they didn't have a plan, they just had the desire to plant a church, and they, they went on a search for a, somebody who was being led toward church planting. That's how our paths crossed. Uh, and so now we've been on for a year now on this journey together. These six men representing these organizations, they're actually going to form a management team, and they're going to act as our, our leadership, as a guidance and accountability for me as church planner. Uh, in the initial years, they, they've committed to being supportive uh, of our new church here for the first three years, and many have contributed significantly uh, financially to it as well for the first three years. So, there's a lot of partnership that has gone into this. this that's why I say this isn't this isn't just something that I'm doing that I want to do. This is really something that has come together with a lot of different people. Um, I want to make sure that you understand this is going to be a restoration movement church. This very very uh, intentionally is, is a desire. It's, it's a desire to grow God's kingdom, but it's a desire to grow partnership and fellowship uh, for us as a church. If you, if you don't know, if that doesn't mean anything to you, like our, our church, the Calgary Church of Christ, comes from the Restoration Movement, uh, which is an 1800s movement. Um, and I won't explain the whole thing to you, but you can ask me later if you want. <laughs> uh, but very much we have dreams and uh, hopes for partnership and fellowship. Uh, we're going to share the same history. Uh, we're going to stay connected. I'm, I'm very excited. That's one of the a really big thing to me. Uh, like I said, you guys are like family, and you're going to continue to be my family. I'm really excited about that. Uh, why Calgary? You might know some of these statistics. You might not, actually. These are incredible. Th- these are the things that I started to look at throughout the fall, and I started to 
my, my heart started to kind of over, be overwhelmed. And over the past decade, Alberta's had the fastest growing population of all Canadian provinces. You might know that one. The, the city of Calgary has taken on a large percentage of that growth, the city's population growing by more than 300,000 people over the past 10 years. It's 30,000 people in the past, uh, 30, sorry, 30,000 people per year that are moving into our city over the last 10 years. Uh, and it's, it just keeps on continuing to grow significantly. And you can just imagine, if you begin to think about, you know, if, if churches aren't growing by 30,000 members each year, the church is really losing ground, and we're becoming more and more a minority here in our city. And we're losing our effectiveness and ability to, to reach people for not planning new churches. Um, Calgary actually also has the lowest amount of churches per capita of all major Canadian cities right now. It would take 678, the last study that was done a few years ago, it would take 678 new churches in Calgary to reach one church for every 1,000 people in the city, which is kind of a standard number for, you know, how can, how can we reach a number of churches that can effectively really reach a city and transform and change a city? It's one church per 1,000 people. We would need almost 700 new churches in Calgary to reach that point. So... Very significant. Um, and obviously, if you just think about the growth of the city, that becomes um, real. Uh, we're going to be planting this church in Panorama Hills. That's where we're going to be meeting. It's basically the Northern Hills region, north central Calgary, right up on the edge of the city at the very center, north uh, portion of it. Uh, but in the city of Calgary, it's 2012. I've been living in, I'll just summarize these quickly for you because I'm, I'm getting a little bit long here, but. We've been, Chelsea and I have been living in Panorama Hills for two years. We were in Coventry Hills right beside there for three years. So we've been up there for the full five years I've lived here. We've been up there. And something that's been glaring to me the whole time I've been up there, Panorama Hills is 22, over 22,000 people living in it right now. There's not one church in that entire community. If you think of a city of 22,000 people not having a church, it seems ridiculous. It seems, how can we let, how could, how could that happen? But it, but for the full two years I've lived there, there's not been a church meeting in that, that community. The entire surrounding communities, there's uh, eight communities surrounding Panorama Hills. The total population of the entire area is over 80,000 people. There's one church building for 80,000 people up in that area. And uh, there's three other small churches that meet there. So four churches for 80, it's actually about 83,000 people is the total number. Um, just to explain to you why we've, we've chosen Panorama Hills uh, and why another church is needed up in that community. I very firmly and strongly believe that, that this community of Marlboro would be different if, if our church didn't exist here. I really hope this community would be different if, if we weren't here. I think we've been significantly impactful in this community. I actually believe there's some people that are, are here this morning that are going to come through these doors this morning that wouldn't be here, that wouldn't know Jesus Christ if this church wasn't in this community. And so that's largely the heart and the direction behind the planting there. And then just to close this morning... I want to share with you real quickly, these are some texts that I got from my dad. He's, he's not very wordy. He doesn't really communicate a lot, uh, as some dads don't. But, but he's been sending me texts over the past week. He's been in B.C., and my grandpa's wife, uh, he's remarried. His, his first wife, my grandma, she passed away about seven years ago. and So he's been remarried, actually, for about five and a half years to this new woman, uh, who is an incredible woman. But she was sick, and so my dad is out there visiting him. These are the texts that I received from him over the past week. Just dropped Dad off. He was exhausted. Cecile had an up-and-down day. She did sit up and eat supper, refused Dad's help. Last night was very hard on Cecile and the girls. Cecile is my grandpa's wife, just so you know that. She threw up several times and was in a lot of pain. Hard for girls to see Mom that way. 
had a good conversation with Dad privately this morning about what is best for Cecile and really letting her go with his heart and soul and actions. To quit trying to get her to remember things and quit waking her up. Just be there and let her rest in peace. He cried a little, but agreed it was best to just let her rest and be there. Shouldn't be much longer, but God is in charge. She was with eyes wide open talking to someone this morning, not talking to anyone in the room, but she could see someone. It was a pleasant conversation, and it was amazing to see. Going to be a long night on couch at condo, and Dad is in bed for the last couple hours. Linda came and asked me to take Dad home to sleep, as he's very tired and he walked into a wall. He's exhausted and needs sleep. I will stay here tonight and make sure. Pray hard. Tough time right now. Cecile. And about five minutes later, he texted this. She is gone. Lots of tears and hugs here. Thanks for prayers. Cecile's gone home at 9.46 p.m. Dad, Norm, and I stood by, stood by the bed. The last two hours as her breath got shorter, harsher, and finally quit. There was a lot of crying, hugging, and a prayer said by Dad at the end. Mostly sadness, but relief for no more suffering for Cecile. Day is done. Dad and I are on the couch talking about tomorrow and the days following and what they'll bring. No hurry to decide is the theme. You might wonder why I'm sharing this this morning. I'm, as I'm reading those two days after I receive them, I'm wondering why I'm sharing them as well. Um, as I received these texts, I, I got that last text at about 3 in the morning uh, on Thursday night. And I wanted to share those with you this morning because as I received that text, um, it reminded me of, of why I'm doing what I'm doing. It reminded me of why we need to plant a new church in Calgary as it just poured over all those numbers. I don't know what you guys hear. You might shut your brain off when you start to hear numbers and statistics. Uh, I kind of enjoy those, but a lot of people actually just really don't enjoy those. I, I hope you don't see those as statistics. Uh, as I look at those numbers, as those, at those statistics, what stands out to me are people's lives, hundreds of thousands of people's lives. And, and in, in our area of uh, Calgary, up in the northern hills, where we're, we've been living for five years, over 80,000 lives, uh, people who don't know Jesus Christ. And as I share those texts with you, just in the past week, death has touched my family. It's impacted my family. I'm very blessed my grandpa is incredibly blessed to experience this kind of pain, this kind of loss in the context of faith in Jesus Christ, in the context of hope and joy and the love of God and the support of love of family and church that is provided. And the reason we're planting this church, and just to communicate very clearly, um, there's a lot of details that are involved in this. There's a lot of experiences church has had in the past of planting churches. But the heart behind this, what's feeding this, the starting point for planting this church is the love of people and the need of people as they endure death, disease, depression, uh, suffering, as they experience life. Just imagine people going through that outside of the context of faith. I feel we need to urgently run after the lost and those that don't have faith and introduce them to Jesus. We're going to keep journeying with Peter in prayer and uh, certainly for the next couple months as he continues his time here uh, with our church and we're going to keep loving on him right yeah okay i'm going to keep loving on you uh and so i'm just going to call the elders forward and we're going to we're going to pray uh with peter so elders if you'd come up peter's been part of our family for over five years now and he's uh 
really given his heart and soul to our youth and he's uh, we've grown to really appreciate him and love him and just um, we've seen a lot of growth during his time here and uh, we think it's just wonderful that God has touched his heart in this way that he wants to go and serve the people of Calgary by planting another church here and we're, we're very supportive of this this is not his send-off as uh, was mentioned, uh, he'll be here until the end of August. And because he cares about our kids here, he's been very helpful and, um, and very cooperative as far as helping us in finding a new youth minister and making sure that we'll have a smooth transition to the new person so that our youth are taken care of. And his heart for our kids has really uh, shown through in that. Really appreciate that. I also want to mention that um, if you're wondering how can we how can we help Peter out, how can we support this, there will be an opportunity in the September time frame to have a special collection to help out in this work going forward. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Father, we know that you love the people of Calgary. Father, we know that you that you love Peter. And Father, we pray that you will bless Peter and Chelsea and uh, Colin and Kara and the others who will be involved in this church plant. Lead them, guide them, be with the others, part of the launch team and the team that's going to be overseeing this. We pray that you will give them wisdom and courage. Father, we, we are encouraged by the courage that we see and Peter, and Father, we pray that you will bless that. Please work in the hearts of the, of the people who will have the opportunity to hear your word because of this new church plant. We pray that it will be a, a field ripe for har- harvest and that you will bless that work and bring many people to you through it. Father, we pray for your blessings through all of this, because without you, none of this is possible. Thank you for your love, and help us to share that love with others. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.